0: It's
1: time for the No Shot Clock podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. really stepped up. Now here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. welcome in happy new year everybody uh we are just wrapped up a busy 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 i don't know five six seven days of high school basketball mike and uh we are into the new year about the halfway point and uh i got a lot to go through and over the course of the last seven day eight days i'm my days are all messed up during holidays um but one, you know, we're not doing our usual takes, Mike, but I was going to throw one at you at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, I, I did write a story. I used to always do a story of a recap of holiday tournaments and all that I learned and gathered. And as I started, I did put that out. Uh, it's in the paper or it's in online, uh, sometimes website, but I don't know. Not that I lied about it, but I didn't learn a ton. I felt like. All the teams that were kind of supposed to win won. <laughs> they all played each other for the championships for the most part. There weren't these stunning upsets. There weren't these particularly there weren't these breakout stars uh that just kind of, I mean, took over the holidays and people were buzzing about them across the state, you know, as far as what they were doing in their respective tournaments. Yeah, There was bits and pieces of that. There always is, but I was just, uh, surprised I didn't gather a little bit more knowledge in my, both the results and what I saw over the course of the Holiday Tournament play. And I, I don't know if that was the case for you. Um, I know you were at Pontiac a lot, but I don't know. Thoughts on that?
0: I agree, especially player wise. Um, there was not even at like specific tournaments, real breakout star players. Even like the stars who are stars already didn't do spectacularly great. You know no. what I mean?
1: There were no whopping numbers. Yeah, um,
0: I, I, I with maybe beyond uh, how I, Trey Predigrew, I think, is the one that did put up big numbers. Um He took a lot of shots. That's the one of the good things with box scores, at Proviso West. Um, but he did put up big numbers. Other than that, though, yeah, Braden Huff at Glenbard the Orc didn't do you know crazy things. There weren't. You know, Jaden Shoot at Plano didn't do crazy things. AJ Casey, you know, played. They, they all played well, and they won yeah. generally. But there weren't, yeah, there weren't big numbers, and there wasn't like some, you know, Cully Payne type breakout, you know, thing where a guy just goes nuts that we knew was good. But yeah, however, team wise, I don't know. I think it was about the same for me. Um Maybe in a negative way though. Some teams that I thought. Like Lake Forest, for example, I got my first in-person look at them uh, early, you know, Monday morning at York, and they were even a little better than I expected, but then they went out, and that was the last game they won, <laughs> you know, of the holidays. You know, they lost to good teams, Early Meadows and Leo, uh, but I was, so I was a little surprised by that, and that happened to me a few times. St. Charles North, I was pretty impressed with, and, you know, they, you know, they they did fine, but they didn't really live up to how good I thought they might be. And that was kind of the trend with me. Um A, a lot of teams maybe underperformed what I thought they might do. Um Oswego East at um Hinsdale Central, you know, I thought maybe would – I'm kind of surprised what happened with them in general. So, yeah, there wasn't like a team that did really well. Uh, maybe Burlington Central. So I feel like I didn't learn a ton as far as, oh, that team's way better than I thought yeah which happens a lot
1: well we're gonna much like our preview that we did two weeks ago of Alba holiday tournaments we're just gonna kind of uh, go back and forth a little bit of what we saw what we gathered uh from each of those tournaments and and you can start off mike with whatever tournament you like start uh, at york it's where <laughs>
0: i started on uh early monday morning and um went pretty according to plan other than the lions beating bowling brook and at this point, Lions, for those who don't know, Glenbard West smashed Lions in a completely non competitive title game. This was a Lions team that had won, I believe eight consecutive games on the way in. Now there weren't a ton of great teams in that run they did beat I think Hinsdale Central early December and then they beat a good prospect team and then they beat Bolingbrook you know by twelve in the semifinal but then once again they just you know they lost to. You, Glenbard West pretty significantly by, like, 30 points a few weeks ago, and it happened again, and it was just never a game, so that was kind of dull, and, I mean... Well
1: to, well, to that to that bracket, Mike, if you really broke that bracket down, and, you know, these holiday tournaments are done usually, you know, two weeks in advance, and there's usually some games that are played post-bracketing and seeding, and that bracket was kind of just, uh, I mean... Just kind of a hot mess of, of, you know, Riverside-Brookfield was clearly one of the top two, three teams in that bracket. They were out of the tournament. Uh, Ignatius was very heavily hyped, highly ranked. Has really struggled the first half of the season. They get upset in the first round. Um, you know, there were some other...
0: Salorio didn't play. Solorio didn't play. Which Solorio a didn't play and, yeah.
1: and there was already a little four-team bracketed we talked about where montini Andrews, Solorio, and york were all bunched together not very strong so i mean that bracket was there for somebody to get hot and win and to lt's credit they did and then each step of the way and i did watch a lot of games um at york and you know i i glenbard west was just so much better than everybody i mean was, as proven by the scores i mean they, they had a little scare in the first quarter with leo and then ended up beating them by 20 but you know, I they I watched the Rolling Meadows game, they were complete control of that game. Uh and then obviously they just thrashed Lions. So, you know, Glenbard West, this is a very good field. It wasn't an elite elite field. It was definitely one of the stronger ones in the state and one of the best that York's ever had, if not the best. And Glenbard West still rolled through it. Um so uh, you know, I that that uh that's it's tough to take a lot out of that bottom bracket is what I'm saying. Um well, uh, again, if I'm Bowling not Brook trying to take anything w-
0: there. I, I think, and you know, I even but, talked to some of the Glenbard West players. They were hoping to play Bolingbroke.
1: Yeah, it's a different matchup, a yeah. different style, um, a different, I mean, and that, and that's a little, this kind of covers all of our tournaments. And I think you've tweeted about it or written about it or something. I've, the, what I, I hate seeing Simeon and Curie play. I, I, I shouldn't say hate seeing them, uh, but it's, it's gotten a little, old it's almost like alabama and georgia and football i i I, curie simeon at at pontiac is i don't know it's a foregone conclusion uh and if you just look at the history of the last decade and that's not it's kind of getting old for me um the glenbard west lions playing each other I, i that does nothing for anybody they're both west suburban conference schools uh there's another one, and uh, there's another conference. Glenbrook
0: North uh, played Glenbrook South. S- you know, and, I
1: th- and I think Glenbrook South and Glenbrook North play each other next week. They do. I think. Yes. Curie and Simeon play each other next week. They might reschedule. Or, or, them, or, th- or yes. this week. Uh, th- a lot of that is was taken. I, I think there's one more I'm missing that I can't think of, Um, somewhere in the state that, anyway, I, it just wasn't appealing, uh, at these big games that materialize.
0: So, I don't know. I, I, do you know who delivered for us, Joe? The much-maligned Hinsdale Central. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they delivered with a real title game. I'll give them that. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, they did. Uh And and uh an intriguing one, a plain old Christmas classic.
0: Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. you know,
1: yeah. Burlington Central and Pure Notre Dame. I know a lot of. I don't know how many, how far the podcast reaches, but you know that's a game that you know. Are two teams that are legitimate shot of playing in Peoria. Uh, Pecon had a nice Champagne. one too. Champagne, um, yeah, with that with so.
0: kind of feel. But uh, anything else on New York? I guess I don't know what to do with Lions. I mean, I don't know what to do with them in the rankings because, I mean, it's, well, it's
1: hard. I mean, I mean, they're a team that got beat by. I Think they lost to twenty at Riverside Brookfield. Um, you know, I think they lost to. Uh, and I, it, it's, and I, I'm not trying to pick on LT. I like LT. I mean, they're a solid team, but, um. I, I just felt like that top bracket was so much better than the bottom bracket, and it proved itself, and you know, uh, over the course, just even watching the teams and the games, I I just don't think they were as good as some of the teams that I saw in in the in the upper bracket. Even the Lake Forest team that you mentioned, I mean, I know they, you know, they lost to a good. I was, I watched the Rolling Meadows Lake Forest game. Um, you know, Ace Thomas, Cameron Christie. Kind of a I mean Cameron scored 21 or something, but it it, it wasn't um, – it would end, it didn't end up being the game I thought it was going to be in Rolling Meadows' advanced, so it's not like they lost to a I, – I like Lake Forest. I still like them. I think they're tough. They're gritty. Uh, I, I think they're going to have a good second half of the season, and they're going to be a major, major threat by the time March rolls around because they're 3A. And they are going to be primed and ready with the schedule they play. Um uh, they, they've looked good at, you know, I've seen them three times now. And they dismantled Oak Park. They, you know, beat um back in the beginning Ignatius, of the year Ignatius. Dude. And so I, I think that is a team that did not, well, you say perform. They did lose a good rolling medals team that did not advance deep in a holiday tournament that we're going to hear a lot from over the course of the next two months.
0: Yeah, see, I'm puzzled because I look back at their resume now and, that But that's all they have is the Oak Park and Ignatius win, two teams who have been pretty disappointing, I think, overall. And the rest are not good. So it's difficult to rank them when they haven't beaten anybody that is in the rankings. You know what I mean? It's so you end up near the bottom, which is what happened with Lake Forest. Um, so they, they got kind of – because their team, I think, is better than that. Maybe I had them overranked to go in, but it's difficult. You know, I got to put them behind Rolling Meadows. I got to put them behind Leo. Um after those losses, so that's, even though it's consolation, I guess, Ugh. um, <laughs> and I guess the Bolingbrook thing is interesting to me, because, I mean, man, if it wasn't for HF winning Hinsdale Central, you could really say that the whole, like, South Suburban hive was deeply disappointing, you know, in the holiday tournaments, you know, Hillcrest losing to Hyde Park, um, you know, we had the, uh, Bolingbrook, you know, dropping a couple, you know, it, it looked like all that kind of, you know, rankings are built on good teams beating good teams, you know, Marion Catholic, blah, blah, blah. And that kind of all fell down like a house of cards once the South Suburbs got out and played some other teams, you know, other than the HF win. So that's kind of an interesting little thing
1: um, yeah. to look and, at. Yeah, speaking of HF, we might as well just go ahead and talk about Hensdale Central. Uh, I, You know, I think if there was one team that rose to the occasion, uh opened eyes, and was better than... Not that any of us thought homewood Flossmore was a bad team. I mean, I, I thought they'd be pretty solid, pretty good this year. There were a lot of question marks with not a ton of experience back. But, uh you know, Christian Meeks, Nation Holmes both stepped up big time over the course of the holiday tournament at Hinsdale Central and, and holiday, holiday tournament time. And, you know, you, you, you beat that St. Rita team that we continue to – you know, expect a lot of, they're, they're, they've are they're been pumped up, they were highly ranked in the preseason, they've got bona fide stars, and as the season goes on, St. Rita should be getting better. That's what should be happening. And HF took them out in the second round. They took a, you know, I don't think this is one of the best Stevenson teams you're going to see over the last uh, 10, 15 years, but you know it's a quality team that's well-coached, took apart, you know, they took took down Stevenson, and then really took a part of Oswego East team I really like. You know, and anything can happen on, on a given, night. I get it. But that score, uh I, I did pick HF to win the game. But I, just because I thought Oswego East was due for a loss and I expected a, a nail-biter and it didn't happen, didn't materialize. So, uh, congrats to HF because I think you were a big winner over the course of the holidays.
0: Yep, they won eight in a row uh, overall since that loss to a Marian Catholic, I think that one point you made is key and boy, is that something you saw at Pontiac. And and that maybe that's, you know, you mentioned parody. I know in your wrap up, I mean, it is so true on any given day, especially with the teams that are kind of below the top level. You don't know what you're going to get night to night. I mean, Joliet West, great example, bloom Bennett. I mean, all those St. Charles North, all those teams, it just mattered what day it was who was gonna beat who and who's gonna smash who and who couldn't beat who at all i mean it was just back and forth i don't it was difficult to make any assumptions on those teams you know Juliet west smashes bloom at the end looks great then i don't think they'd have beaten anybody the day bennett beat them and so bennett looked real nice but then bennett couldn't handle it it, it just curious it's crazy to see the difference in these teams there's no consistency whatsoever and it's not just like bad shooting because a lot of these teams don't even shoot a lot of threes. It's just they just don't have it a particular day. I don't know if this is because of a lack of the lack of last year really, or or what the deal is. But yeah, it's really strange the lack of consistency I'm seeing from all the teams at this point in the season.
1: Well, I think HF was a story at Hinsdale Central, and then you know Oswego they did get their their wins and got to the title game and lost to HF, got thumped pretty good. But I think the question I have is coming out of that tournament is, you know, how good is St. Rita going to be how how good is Marion Catholic going to be you know two teams that were you know preseason um pretty highly regarded uh both expected to be you know at the, near the top of their conference or win the conference and they both were out in the second round so I, I don't know uh, I think there's I've seen Marion Catholic now a couple times and I think there's you know it, their, their ceiling is a little lower than I thought it was going to be based on. I, I just don't know how well they, can, they consistently can score the ball. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how those two teams in particular, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about the the
0: finals and the,
1: who won and, but sometimes we forget about these good teams that lose very early in holiday tournaments.
0: Yeah. Marion Catholic lost in that Oswego East lost was overtime. So at that point you're thinking, Oh, wow. You know, they played an undefeated team. To an overtime right. game. You know, this this was a nice run for them. Then they lose to St. Rita in the consolation bracket, what appears to have been a horrible game, forty two to forty one, some hot consolation, forty point action, um, with two teams who probably weren't super into it. But, you know, I did not have Marion Catholic in my preseason Super Twenty Five. Um I wasn't sure, you know, I didn't have a lot of confidence in the entire team, I guess, but when I saw them, I liked them, but I I thought all along that it was gonna be a February team, you know, it was going to be a team that took a few months. So, and if anything, to me, they maybe overachieved a little bit by giving Oswego East such a game uh, at Hinsdale Center. And I'm still pretty high on how they could turn out. I spe- I think they got some juniors that are interesting that, you know, just didn't get enough playing time last year. I remember talking to Mike Taylor. And he was like, what do I do in this COVID season? You know, I've got all these seniors to play. They need to play. You know, they deserve to play, but I would rather play the young guy. I don't know if I should be saying this, but you know what I mean? He was in a tough spot last year where seniors needed to play because this is all they're going to have. And he knew he wasn't going to get his juniors enough playing time. And so I think that's probably playing out a little bit now, and hopefully we'll see them pick it up um towards the end of the season. Where do you want to go next, Joe?
1: Oh, I'll break a Pontiac with uh – um
0: Pontiac time. Oh I know, boy. You,
1: you know, I, I, I'll start by just saying I stopped in there briefly. I watched, I, I will say when it comes to streaming, <laughs> not a big fan of it, especially last from last year when you're forced to watch more and more of it. And I watch more than I have to because I'm just trying to get some eyes on some players and prospects and things like that. But, uh, that, that Pontiac. Stream and I'll say the York one were two of the best that I've ever watched in all these last two years. Uh, the Pontiac, the camera angle, the, the clarity, the, the, the picture quality, everything. You know, I had, you know, I latched up my computer onto a TV next to my computer. And so I watched that and, uh, it was really good. But anyway, I, it was as down of a Pontiac tournament in all aspects. That I, and this is coming from somebody and you know, Mike, as well as, well, you as well. We continually, people probably get tired of us praising Pontiac over the years, how much we love Pontiac and it's the best and it is. It's the best tournament. This year was not anywhere near their standards as far as quality of play, uh, big time moments, great games. Uh, you know, there was a fantastic game, which we'll talk about in the semifinals, which was arguably the best game of the year, the Simeon New Trier game. But it's, it, you know, there was running clocks. You know, what's so great about Pontiac is usually that the first two rounds are pretty entertaining and exciting, uh, with some drama near upsets or, I mean, there was blow after blowout and that set the tone. For a tournament just kind of just wasn't anywhere near what it's been in the past.
0: Yeah, it was definitely the worst one I've covered. Um, no doubt about that. It, it, it was upset. You know, I think the first day would have been helped a little bit if anybody had watched the Bloom-Joliet West game. The fact that that was at 9 after a string of lousy games all day. <laughs> and, you know, also the Lockport-West Aurora game was at 9 a.m. So the bookends were kind of okay, and then everything in between was rough. You know, Danville at St. Charles North was kind of the only game that was worthwhile the whole day, and so that starts t- to wear on you. So it didn't help that – and maybe that's something to look at. You can't have – the two most competitive, you know, games are the two nobody sees, you know, early and late, so that was not good. But then the quarterfinals were kind of a complete disaster uh, overall, which is tech- traditionally one of the better – Days in the whole season, you know, and that just did not materialize at all. I don't know what to say. It just wasn't.
1: I mean, I thought four teams. I mean, that the the four best teams it, were, were far and away the four best in my eyes. Got to the semifinals. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. And then that semifinal game, Simeon and Trier was fantastic. It was, it was what Pontiac's all about. It was a, you know, a public league, North Shore, in Pontiac, you know, a back and forth, comeback, some drama fill shots at the end with Jalen Drain's four-point play. It, it was just a, a big-time high school game uh from a team that is is playing pretty well. Simeon is playing well. They have grown leaps and bounds since watching them in the summertime, and – They are going to, I mean, we expected them to be good, but they're going to be even a bigger force than I think even I thought they would be. I mean, I thought they had a chance to be really good. We're still not talking about a juggernaut, you know, team that's going to roll through everybody, but it is a bona fide consensus top five team that will be there all year long. And I think Nutrier is, I've been a big believer in Nutrier all year. I've seen them play a number of times. And I think they're as good as anybody, uh, which I'm writing about here in, in this week. But they can play with and beat anybody in, in, in the state.
0: Yeah, I don't think Bennett was the fourth best team. I think St. Charles North was <clears throat> overall. That's one thing that I didn't, uh you know, Bennett just kind of was able to roll over a Julia West team <clears throat> that did not appear ready to play at all at 730. And I don't know, the Bennett team's confusing to me. It doesn't look like a Gene Heidkamp coach team at all at this point. I think he's got better raw materials to work with than most years. I like a lot of the players. I think that, I think they have a nice, real high ceiling, but boy, they are not there yet at all. It's an intro. They turn the ball over a lot. Um, they don't get a lot of good shots, which is, these are weird things to say about a Bennett team, but I mean, if you strip their uniforms off and put a different uniform on, you would never in a million years guess this was a Bennett team. And that's got nothing to do with. Kyle Thomas, you know, or anything, he played really well, but I think there's a lot to work with there, but I think they're really raw right now. I think it's going to take a little while for them to uh, get things going, but I think that should be scary for everybody that they're already playing, you know, pretty good, and there's a lot of just raw ability. They can get to the rim. You, You don't see, you know, so many Bennett teams getting to the rim like that. It's an interesting group. But yeah, not quite uh, up to Gene Heidkamp's standards. Well, yeah, and they
1: they battle some consistency issues, both shooting the ball. I mean, they were abysmal in the loss to Proviso we shooting the ball, and then they can they have capable shooters and they don't make shots. I, you know, it, you're, to your point, it's you know it is different because you you have come to see so many Bennett teams over the years that are just a model of consistency at both ends of the floor, and uh, right now that 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 part's not there.
0: I guess and I did have a break I think to me Ethan Marlowe at St. Charles North was a breakout player. I guess I should say. I mean I'd seen him play before. I'd never seen him play like this. Um I thought he was excellent.
1: Yeah, he he, he popped on the radar his sophomore year at Pontiac, uh and his development as so many <clears throat> six seven, six eight, you know, late blooming, late developing bigs come along later and that's kind of what's happened he had an injury plague spring and summer both um you know aau wise and and high school wise and even at the beginning of this year uh with it was a nagging back uh that that kept him on the shelf for a game or a game and a half and I, i he is just super intriguing as from a prospect evaluation standpoint because of his ability to Stretch the floor, space the floor with his position and size, a 6'8", and he can really shoot. He's got great touch. He moves, he can run. So yeah, he, he is, um, one of the better uncommitted, unsigned. He should have more, you know, scholarship opportunities than he has right now. He is clearly a scholarship kid, uh, whether that be at the, you know, the division two level, NAIA, or low division one, and, and, um, you know, I think he just needs to be seen because he hasn't been because of those injuries over the spring and summer when all the eyes are out watching college uh, college coaches are out. So He was a, a big...
0: the best player at Pontiac. I mean, I saw every winner's bracket game, and there's not a question in my mind that he was the best player. He's automatic in the post. He was blocking shots. As you said, he hits threes. I think one of the issues, especially with people just kind of monitoring things, and I spoke to Jim Drenwitz at Pontiac about this, is the rebounding numbers were horrible on the official stats they were just wrong and I think that really hurt Kyle Thomas and Ethan Marlowe when it came down to all tournament and the AC Williamson I mean there were a couple games where they were five rebounds short on those guys where they had him with nine and ten and they really had 15 and 16 you know they had hugely dominant high school rebounding games Kyle Thomas and Ethan Marlowe and if you add that to what Marlowe's scoring numbers and you know he had assists and everything you would have really seen what a dominant player he was
1: can you give a clear definition again? I, I know what the definition is of the AC Williamson Award at Pontiac.
0: Yeah, they announced it, it's, um, it's I, sportsmanship I, I, is first. That's number one. And it, it, that's basically it. It's sportsmanship and how you play. They had a, a longer announcement, but basically, if you mouth, if the refs don't, if the officials don't like you, if you mouth off or showboat, you're done.
1: I get that. I, I mean, it's odd and different than any other, cause it's not a tradition, it's not MVP. I mean, yeah. i which, again, I keep telling people when they keep texting me or emailing me or tweeting, DMing me. Um, you know, what I mean, I, so I, I, it's, it's, it's a frequent thing that I get over the years and.
0: Yeah. Wes Rubin won it. And, you know, I think one of the things as soon as he won it. Uh, it kind of like made a little bit of sense to me because, man, he threw down some absolutely amazing dominant dunks, and he doesn't like do anything after them. You know what I mean? He just runs away. <laughs> and I, I think that the officials probably really liked that. You know, because it, it's not what you I'm see all these for days. sportsmanship awards. Yeah. Uh,
1: but let's just call that. You know, I mean, I, I with a, with a tournament not having an MVP, it confuses fans. Yeah. Do you
0: know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, well my question was, I don't know what, and I'm going to honestly say what I think at. but Jalen Griffith was the leading scorer in the title game with 17 points, played excellent. And he hit the three threes in a row against New Trier in the terrific game that, I mean, yeah, Jalen Drain had the four point play, but that doesn't matter if Jalen Griffith doesn't hit three in a row. You know, to start it, and he had a great game in that. To me, Jalen Griffith was kind of the clear AC Williamson award winner. I didn't see what he did. Um, like I said, I think even Marlowe was the best player, but he didn't make it to, you know, the last day. So. But how
1: do you determine? Like how, I mean. Well, it gets you're, worse. You're,
0: you're, you're, you're basing it
1: on a performance, which it's not about.
0: Well, I, I watched it, and he didn't and, and do then, anything
1: and, like. No, right. But there's a lot of players. That, I mean, so you just take the best player who had the best behavior.
0: I get I don't know like Avian Morris got <laughs> that, a technical that, that, but that's what I mean like it's so but but this is what happened with Avian Morris of, of
1: of how to figure this out It's
0: worse than that not not only did Jalen Griffith not win the AC Williamson he didn't make second team all Pontiac. he was an honorable mention Yeah it, I I would. I was shocked when they named him honorable mention I mean and you know I'm just going to I think I don't I think a lot of the people were confused about which of the 3 Simeon guards or which, you know, I, think I that happens when you show them but,
1: but I also don't like that the officials are the ones who vote on it. When of all the officials, I'm sorry, I'm done. I, I, I'm done not complaining about what goes on down there, Mike. Come on, man. There, there, there is no place I, 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 that that the, the officiating is less <laughs> what they're just basing their AC Williamson award on. I come on, I, it, it, they're, they're, they, how they act there? They act differently there than any other tournament in the state of Illinois. They do, and I'm and I'm, yeah. and I'm yeah. sorry for the officials that don't, because I don't want to call it's them out specifically my
0: one and a half,
1: but mainly I, one. I, I would say no, I go two and a half, but at, at least I, I'm just well. The one it's, guy it's handed out
0: ninety percent of the tech. There's, goals. there's,
1: yeah, Uh but I'm just talking about over the years. I mean, there's been different, there's been different players in this. Over the last decade, and it's got progressively worse to the point now where I'm hearing from the coaches, and they are like, it's it's beyond, I mean, it's ridiculous.
0: Well, I heard from, yeah, I tweeted it out, which kind of a risky thing to do when you're spending three days <laughs> down there with everybody. You know, I'm going to run into these people <laughs> all over, but I'm like, ah, you know what, you got to tell the truth. So I tweeted it out, and I had last count, I think eight different Pontiac people not like from a school. They were the Pontiac season ticket holders, came up to me and said, thank you, that got a lot of my frustration out, and they totally agreed. And these are, that's the meat and potatoes of Pontiac. These are the pain season ticket holder locals. They are frustrated by it. And no yeah, offense it's... to the coaches, but that's got to worry the people a lot more.
1: Well, it's bizarre to me. It, it, it's it's. And I feel bad for the officials that do it the right way. I wish I could name that because I don't know single anyway.
0: I had I, two officials come over and tell me they agreed, which was yeah, very shocking.
1: I, I mean, I subtly tweeted about it a year two years ago i I wrote about it. I did put a tweet out uh this year as there were a tea's being handed out and double fouls and just the demonstrative behavior of, of it I don't know it. It has to be yeah. said, so.
0: Also, to, to the West Rubin thing, he's only a junior. I hadn't thought about that. That's really weird. You know, usually they would default sportsmanship into the senior. But yeah, yeah I mean, that didn't I, really I, 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 register with me that he's a junior. Whoa. <laughs> That's strange. You don't have too many returning AC Williamson winners that are.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's the best holiday tournament. I just <clears> have a goofiness <throat> with the AC Williamson. And I'm sorry, something's got to be done about the, the, behavior of some officials well what do they uh, do with just... the,
0: the field too um <clears throat> more and more i mean pontiac they succeed they need a dominant a strong central illinois team well it's it, it, and
1: it's no fault of their own i mean you've, you've got some programs that historically have been very good i mean pure manual obviously has had an unbelievable run over the years uh danville here and there has been good bloomington here and there has been good so you, you, you put those together. Am I missing one of them? I think that's it. Um,
0: that's it. And Bloomington's future is bright. I saw, we saw some really good players.
1: But my point is you would usually, it's very rare where all three of those are non-existent. Uh, usually I have one of them that pops up and is like eight and one coming in and a viable threat. You know, I, I, I agree because that's what makes Pontiac. Um, but if you look around the state, Mike, they're the pickings are slim. Uh, for your Central Illinois or out of the Chicago area region high level team right now. Um,
0: they, they know. are, but I guess my, my point is it's not ever going to be manual again. This, it's not that the team is dying. The school is dying. Yeah. S- and I know they, they're a historic Pontiac team, but I mean, if you're dependent on Bloomington and Danville to be your Central Illinois force, it's gonna, you know what I mean. That's second tier. No offense but, but, to those teams. Well,
1: who are you going who Who are you going to go get? Be like, okay, that's.
0: I mean, the I most mean, consistent is Springfield lanfear in Central and, Illinois.
1: And normal, yeah, and normal and
0: Lincoln, who probably isn't coming.
1: Normal's not coming. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I know they've wanted a Metro East team for a while. Uh, I think that would be great. I think Rock Island is the.
1: I've always thought Rock Island would be the perfect uh, team. In yeah. that mix, I would take them uh, instead of some of the. They're 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 never bad. Um, they pop up and are very good. Sometimes they're always competitive. Great fan base, tradition rich program that fits in well at Pontiac. Uh, but again, I mean, I, I'm not going to dictate. No one's listening to me anyway. But I mean, <laughs> of of programs who are committed and locked in with certain tournaments that really enjoy it. For all I know, maybe Rock Island absolutely loves the State Farm Classic. There are teams that are really grown to like that thing, uh, and
0: you know, um, it's a fun it's, field with representation from all. It might be right now the ideal. Oh, I watched more.
1: I, I, you know, being having gone down there, mm-hmm. uh, as well as and I don't know if we got any more to talk about it, Pontiac. We can go to the State Farm. I have uh, one more Pontiac point. Yeah, there. go ahead. and We'll get to State Farm.
0: It's not uplifting or great. Um, and it's part of my central Illinois thing. I used to go to Pontiac and what I loved about it was it was, it felt like a mini state tournament. And it felt like I was watching different geographical matchups. And the last few years, you know, you've talked about the Simeon Curie title game, but to me, that's not even the biggest problem. It's that the semis, they just feel like ultra wealthy Chicago suburbs against poor schools. It's not geographic. It's Nutrier, Bennett, or St. Charles North against the CPS or Bloom, Joliet, and Aurora. And it's a weird feel to me. I don't, and the way it's worked out the last few years, St. Charles North and Bennett and Nutrier, they're not even really playing one another. You know, it's always one of them against, you know, the CPS teams, and it's a strange feel. You know, it is a different game. You don't see Simeon Nutrier super regularly, you know, in the area, but it's just, I don't know. I'm
1: I'm confused. I'm I'm a. I don't know if our listeners are confused because I'm confused. What exactly are you saying? I don't get it.
0: I I think (laughs) all of the drama and the difference in Pontiac now is white schools against black schools, and poor against rich. It's not Central Illinois against the city, or the suburb. It's not Joliet Manual. It's always Simeon Curie, Joliet or Bloom, against a rich school. And it's gotten a little strange to me.
1: Yeah, I, isn't that going to happen? I mean, just going to happen naturally? If Simeon and Curia are your two best teams?
0: Yeah, I'm not saying it's like, but it's just strange I mean, I, that those are always, you know, the semis. It's always, I, I well, guess. Simeon, I, and I, I,
1: Simeon and Curia are always going to be in the semis every single year.
0: And then it's always so, been Two, two of
1: Newtrier, your four. Or... The... I'd have to go historically. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Bloom's been in the semis.
0: Yes. So, that I mean. But even that's not ge- it's not geographic anymore. It's all. It well, all... Yeah, but you
1: just you just named geographical areas of every Chicago.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, Chicago area, area. yeah. But I'm, I need, I want my Central Illinois in there. Southern Illinois would be great
1: too. So basically, you're just saying you want somebody outside the Chicago area in the semifinals?
0: Yes, or have it not be CPS versus super rich school? Well, we just,
1: I mean, Bloom's not super rich.
0: No. And they got there the one year they were. No,
1: back, and they go back to back semis. They lost in the championship and then lost in the or lost in the semis and then lost in the in the um final
0: the yeah, next so year. in the quarters it was probably the but it's just there's too many of those teams at Pontiac now that I don't know. I, I just don't like it. It's not what I <laughs> want to see. All
1: right. Well there was plenty of geographical representation in uh <laughs> blooming normal. because um, you had Southern Illinois, East St. Louis you had the Central Illinois host area, normal. You had uh, Wheaton South from the Chicago suburbs. And what's the other one? Metamore, I think, um, is your semifinals. But I, I've always liked this tournament since its inception. Uh, I think they do a fantastic job of organization, of promoting it. Uh, of taking care of their teams and playing in, in venues that it, it, it's weird, it, it's goofy to me that and it's something I usually wouldn't like. They 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 go back and forth from the high school to a great setting venue at Illinois Wesleyan, and I, I clearly like the setting and venue at Illinois, Illinois Wesleyan for sure because it's just compact and tight and just a beautiful little. Facility, but, um, it's usually it, somehow it works for them is what I'm saying. And I usually don't like the hodgepodge, you know, you play here one day and then you play at a different gym the next day. I, it doesn't, I, I, I'm usually dead set against that, but for some reason it still works for them. Uh, there's a couple of quirks I'd love to see changed and that I would love to fix myself as the czar of holiday tournaments, but. I, you know, they, they've done a really nice job to what you were talking about of, of you no, know, a nice addition for them was brother rice. It was really, you know, brother rice lost in the quarters. Um, but I just, I really like this tournament and how they're operating and how they're doing it. They got a small school one and a big school one. And, uh, that's kind of the thing that I would, I would, I would work and tweak a little bit, but everybody's got to be fair with everything. So I get it. But as far as the tournament itself, you know, I, I watched a lot of this tournament because by and large, Mike, from a evaluator perspective, there were more division one prospects in Bloomington normal than Pontiac. Uh, as far as on the, in the rankings and particularly in the junior class, uh, there were a lot of, a lot of kids and some people that in Chicago would have no idea who Ty Pence is from St. Joseph Ogden, who's in the small school and, who Ethan Kaiser is from Metamora and Omarion Nimmers from Rock Island and, and, and on and on, but uh, and then you got your you know brother Rice and Henderson. But I, I I just came away with this tournament. They again a team that did not win it. Wheaton South. They're going to be there for the long haul. They are going to be that 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 pesky team that's going to be in the mix and and that sectional time Glenbard West Wheaton South. Bennett are going to be the top three teams in that section, where the number one team is, and they are going to be that plucky team that no one's going to want to play. And they both beat brother Rice, uh, and gave normal, who I think arguably is the best team outside the Chicago area, uh, a, a game. And I think they lost by two. So Wheaton South is, is, is legit. Uh, they're not going to wow you. Everybody knows that with, their individual talent, but they can play with just about anybody with their style, and they proved that down to normal with a nice yeah. run, even though it did loot, uh, end with a loss to normal in the semis, and they came back and won um, uh, the third-place game, I believe, against Metamora.
0: What is with this Mechalib-Rich kid?
1: Athletic 6'5".
0: Uh, sorry for the listeners. He's, <laughs> he plays for East St. Louis. I kept yeah. noticing his numbers, uh, yeah. throughout. He's a junior, right?
1: Yeah. Early on, I made this comparison, like when he was a freshman and a sophomore, and this is a, for Chicago basketball, uh, thoroughbred fans, will, will, Paul McPherson, um, <laughs> was, was probably one of the most electric, fun players. There. Now he's not, his game was, it was similar to that early on. It's starting to develop a little bit more with a little bit more skill, but he's very explosive with a, with a body, kind of positionless. You're not sure what he is. Is he a three? Is he undersized four? Is he? So he's a fun player. Uh, he plays above the rim, skill levels getting better. Yeah, he's, he's good. I mean, he is a division one prospect who, um, I, I, he's hard to evaluate though, because you're not sure what he is and, he, and he's got time to, to and he's he's made growth in those areas, so he is a player to watch in that class and one of the you know better prospects in the class. And they, you know, again the the, the player though, Mike, that and I don't I don't think you saw normal play this summer. I don't. That, no. I mean, Zach Cleveland is a fun basketball player. He is a six six kid who is he if he didn't commit in, in, in early to Liberty uh he would have been a highly valued like Missouri Valley Conference must have he had a couple of offers from the valley but he found it fit at liberty that fit him and, and he committed even before July he is a 6-6 athletic runs jumps block shots dunks uh you know will step out and hit a jumper but he's a, just a high energy guy who's a fun fun player and and he leads that team and You know, they're 16 and one and, or 15 and one. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think they're as, as good as that team that finished second in the state, uh, that, that, that knocked off Simeon on the super sectional. I think that remains to be seen. Um, you know, I think that was six, seven years, five, six years ago. Uh, but it's, it's, it's clearly one of the best teams. Um, In the state of Illinois right now
0: Cleveland scored for Chicago listeners He scored 27 against North Lawndale I remember that from the box It's extremely annoying how the State Farm My only huge complaint with them Is they don't put rebounds in their box scores It's basically just points And how they shot so, especially for the big yeah. guys, that's deeply and, annoying.
1: And, and I think it's just made baskets, I think, isn't it? It's not even a shot attempts, or am I wrong?
0: They they have shot, all they have are shot attempts. They don't have assists or block shots or.
1: Oh, I, a, it, I thought it was just like two point field goals made, three point field goals made, but I could be wrong. Yeah, no, right.
0: they, they do um, both, but it, you know what? It's, oh, they only make, it's, I'm looking now, it's just free throw percentage. You're right. It's field goals, three pointers, and then free throws made and free throws attempted. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've made a a huge
1: point. headway over the last decade with holiday tournament websites. It They're, they're awesome. They really are. Uh, a lot of them. You, you get so much, because when Mike and I do these podcasts and we do our articles and we, and it, it, it's so much, diff, it's so <laughs> difficult to find info without doing a ton of legwork and homework on individual stats and players and over the, like, like, college you just look anything up online you find it instantly you know if a if a player played well over a four-game stretch or is hot or cold or struggling or dominating on the boards or whatever and so you get this glimpse into what uh you know research is it's a little easier at the holiday tournament time and it, and it's great to for the fans and people like us who want to highlight the sport
0: yeah and they've always done a nice job uh we should move it on we're getting uh proviso west I stopped by briefly on Monday to watch a little Kenwood. Got a little look at Jaden Smith and some, uh, it's really about it. It was very hot in the gym and no one was there. Um, but they had a nice crowd for the title game. It was Young and Kenwood. Uh, we'll talk about that, but the other, Proviso East played really well. Um, kind of took Young to the limit. Young didn't have Dalen Davis for that game, but I think Proviso East maybe proved a lot. Maybe the biggest gainer out of that tournament other than Young or Kenwood.
1: Didn't they lose the third place game? I know you don't like consolation games. Yeah. They, they, they lost, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Uh, I would like for them to kind of rise up and kind of, even though it was a third place game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it went, we, you know, the preview had Ken, we, we said Kenwood young. There's probably zero chance of it not materializing. It materialized. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that was the, probably the highest profile, highest ranked, uh, you know, game in the state. Uh, that, Simeon Akiri, and, and, you know, I, I just think those four teams are, it, it, you know, when fingers crossed that <laughs> there is a public league playoff, uh, it is going to be one heck of a, you know, does anybody touch those four in the city right now?
0: I mean, I don't know what to make of Hyde Park's win over Hillcrest. I kind of thought they were definitely second tier, but that's a nice win, so
1: yorkville christian beat hyde park
0: hyde park had, uh dropped a couple yeah um hyde yeah. park has been up and down but i don't think you can take much away from a i mean title game win against hillcrest in the Denver
1: no that's final. a that's a that's a that is a quality quality win it surprised me a little bit uh i don't, to, I don't think it's a huge huge surprise but it, did, it was a surprise yeah, and i i first.
0: we saw them take lombard west to the limit yeah uh so that, that would that's be the only that, one.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that that's the other thing I'm learning too is is these times I I I've noticed see, I mean people are really bringing it when they play Glenbard West cuz I think they've gotten so much hype and they're number 1 and uh no and that's the other thing it. Yes. Glenbard West is yeah. going to get everybody I mean everybody wants a piece of them. Everybody wants a shot at them. And um you know to uh to Glenbard West credit they they could have easily been status quo ran the table with a schedule they usually typically play and probably you know maybe added one game here a second game there and gone 30 and 0 31 and 0 uh and and maybe they will I I I I told coach uh, of this the other day when we were talking I I you yeah, know I expect you guys to lose at some point <laughs> uh and I do I think they will lose um just because their schedule is is pretty darn tough i mean they got bennett and simeon and or, uh young and kenwood and, and it's it's gonna be a grind but yeah um
0: that kenwood we should mention that young it looks like kenwood and glenbard west are gonna play and i was very intrigued by where it was gonna be because you know theoretically maybe that college court gives kenwood an advantage i, I think, yeah, i'll
1: spread that they'll um, spread that yeah. one three one out <laughs> yeah. um
0: that's under- the other.
1: The, the, the disadvantage would be to me though would be smaller court, pressure, all out, condensed floor against the team. You know that. Yeah. Let's face it. If Glenmore West doesn't have one thing, it's your true ball handling point guard. They just they don't have it, and they survive with their Division One guys bringing the ball up that are not point guards. Boy, but- is
0: that a trend this year? I can't, where's the gritty high school point guard? Where's the Joe Henrikson <laughs> of these teams? It's like nobody's got one. I keep watching no, these.
1: I, you made, I think you made that point. I can never remember what we talk about on our podcast and what we talk about. Just, I remember you making that point at the beginning of the year. I think it was actually, I think it was one of your takes. Yeah. Uh, it's better. Ba- yeah. It's
0: worse. Rolling Meadows doesn't have one or they'd be great. It's like,
1: yeah, there, there is a lot of, there, there's a lot of teams, you know, and you and we'll go back to that. And I think this proves your point to a T, Mike. Nutrier. Uh, he is not their, Canelos is not their big name guy. He is so important to that team. He played terrific against Simeon. He was missing in that Glenbrook South game as well as their backup point guard. So, uh, you know, he, he is kind of, kind of the key cog in this, this thing. And that's what you're talking about. That point guard that kind of sets the tone, runs the show keeps everything calm and, 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 and operates how you're supposed to operate a team. Yeah, and we are missing those. There are, there is a, there is an absence of those for sure.
0: It's, and it's, it, I think it's impacting play <laughs> everywhere. You know, it's just not right. Anyway, we need to talk about this, uh, Young versus Kenwood title game, biggest game of the holidays. Um, without a doubt, uh, I did not see it. I've talked to both coaches about it and, you know, Young won it. Or sorry, Kenwood won it 69 to 64. I guess it wasn't, it was like a 10 point game is what I heard. And then, uh, there was a Young, technical called.
1: Young closed the, cut it down, hit four um,
0: free throws and hit a three, um, to get back in it.
1: I mean, the good news for Young is that, you know, they were missing their, their point guard. Uh, their Daniel Johnson's been out all year is the re, kind of re-emergence of AJ Casey. Yeah. Uh, I Xavier Amos has been this steady, just, I, I'll call him a force. I, you know, he's been just dating back to last year, uh, kind of under the radar has been terrific for them. Six-eight, Uh six, eight, big man, you know, gets you 14, 16, 17 points and 6, 7, 8 rebounds. And I, he's just been a steady, consistent force for them. And you add A.J. Casey, who we saw really struggle in that opening game at the Chicago League Classic. He just had a bad night, and to his credit, he has really bounced back and played well. He had some decent moments and good moments in Florida, uh, and then comes back and puts up some nice numbers at 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 the uh, Providence West Holiday Tournament. So his
0: title game, um, eighteen points, <clears throat> nine rebounds, and five assists.
1: Yeah. So I mean that that is a, if you can get them healthy. And see what that, that team together would be like. I mean, Daniel Johnson's a a viable threat, shooting the ball, scoring the basket, scoring the basketball, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, body, size. I mean, that's a big loss for them over the course of the last two months. Yeah, and you, then, and I, You
0: can see on the box score, um, Casey played 32 minutes, Amos 31, Pegram 32, Somerville 32, and then yeah. Munoz 23 and another guy's a handful. So they really went with five guys. I guess yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, you're without two starters. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's, um, but then I, and then Kenwood is, is rolling and they're missing, you know, day, 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 their names. And, you know, Pettigrew is taking advantage of that opportunity of, of a bigger, you know, a bigger role responsibility, as well as, you know, freshman Bryce Hurd who had some terrific moments at, at Pontiac as well.
0: Um, I think, Trey Pettigrew's probably put his name in the player of the year conversation, um, with his numbers at Proviso. He had twenty one in the title game, which was, you know, tied with Amos for the leading scorer. As I mentioned before, he is shooting a lot. I mean, if this is right, he didn't have a rebound in the title game, which seems weird. Um, the other name I want to mention from Kenwood is Jaden Smith, who, mm-hmm. you know, Mike Irvin he's a guy a lot of us. A lot of people don't know about. He transferred from Lincoln Park, didn't play early because it took a while, I guess, to get eligible and all, and all that, but he played a lot more minutes here at, uh, at the Proviso West and he had 13 points in the title game with six of eight from the field. Mike Irvin thought it was a real kind of coming out party for him. Cause remember, he's doing it against Casey and Amos, you know, in Somerville and the bigs for Whitney yeah. Young, which are the best we have.
1: Yeah. He's a extremely raw big man prospect with a high ceiling. And it's just a matter of how high he'll climb between now and his senior year. And, uh, he's definitely checks off a lot of boxes as a prospect. And, you know, as he becomes, you look at that makeup of that team. I mean, he's exactly what they needed. Yeah. Uh, it's just this big, run the floor big who could alter some shots defensively and just pick up some of the garbage baskets and garbage points off those misses because they've got just this potent offensive perimeter attack and, You know, I think what Pettigrew, you know, what, you know, if we talk player of the year candidacy, um, and and it's not any fault of anybody, but they're so loaded and so balanced, particularly when Darren Ames is back, because Darren Ames is their electric score. I mean, he is, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, their best score. So I think that might take a little bit of the, it's hard when you've got so many weapons like Kenwood has to have one guy kind of materialize as the guy
0: he um Pettigrew scored 41 against clark in the semifinals i'm not sure did we have another 40 point
1: yeah we did not have very many to you know begin the podcast yeah just those eye-opening whoa um you know we didn't have very many 30 point games
0: yeah he scored 30 against hammond central Um, so we got a 41, a 30, he had 21 against, I mean, he, I think he was the biggest scorer over the holidays, um, which is impressive. I don't remember what he had against, um, TF North the game. I oh twenty-two. 22. So yeah, I think he might've been the highest scorer in the area. Um, so that's something to say. Mike Irvin's other point, which I thought was a good one about the game was that they played Whitney Young's style. They did not have the showtime without aims. It was a game of the bigs and that's supposed to be Whitney Young's, you know, strength and he thought they did a really nice job beating Whitney Young at their own game and you got to give Kenwood some credit there they did not play the way they'd prefer to play and they won that one so a nice start to Kenwood as good as Glenbard West has been to open the season I think Kenwood has pretty much lived up to their hype as well and um boy that could be fun all right <laughs> let's uh yeah <laughs> moving on what do we got left here uh, uh, Dipper? Uh, when I, when
1: the Dipper when we talked a little bit about it um you know I, I lose some of your buzz when Ty Rogers is gone, Ugh, yeah. uh, for Thornton. Uh, there's already a lack of, mm-hmm. you know, quality over there. And, you know, we talked about, you know, I, I think if you, the beginning of the tournament, if you said Ty Rodgers wasn't playing, you'd say, all right, this is going to be Hillcrest to win this thing. And, um, Hyde Park snuck in, snuck, snuck out of there with the, with the tournament title
0: and, uh, no fans the last two days really just no Ty rogers and no fans they both left yeah. at the same time so yeah. that's that's yeah. really disappointing for a tournament that draws so well and you know what i hadn't i don't think i'd thought about that well enough a no fan title game nah. yeah
1: yeah uh, but that's yeah a lot of different yeah <laughs> a lot of different <laughs> things can happen as a result of that and,
0: and, well you know what these hyde park kids are used to that more um, yeah well, you know, Hillcrest didn't have any fans, did they? They were one of the suburban teams that didn't really have many. Here, okay, so I take that back. Whatever. Yeah, so that's strange. But uh Kim Williford had a really nice uh tournament at twenty-eight in the title game. I know. Um, you know, Devontae Hall is their lead guy, but he did not do much in the title game. Um,
1: yeah, breaking down their box scores, it was—I mean, it was a weird. One of them would have twenty-three. One of them would have two. One of them would, yeah. have, and, and then vice versa. It was. It was, and then a different guy would step up. That. It, it was interesting looking at their, 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 box scores.
0: Yeah, they're deeper than people realize. Damarian Morris is a really good guard that can score sometimes. Byron Hobbs. Hyde Park's strength is that they got, they have more guys that can hit you with a double digit point nights than a lot of teams, um, in the area. And it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. Uh, Thornton was also without, they were missing two guys in that loss. So, you know, I knocked them out of the rankings. You don't know what to do with, with that. So they're gone for now. But as long as Ty Rogers is back, I'm sure they'll jump in and, so let's, let's finish this up with, I think. Well, we,
1: a real quick wheeling. Um, oh, you know, yeah. Glenbrook South just as expected. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this. There was going to be one tournament with one favorite that would be shocking if they lost. It was Glenbrook South and they, you know, they rolled through that thing. They won the championship game by, you know, 20, 22, 20, 25 points or so. Um, Nick Martinelli was his, you know, his self with the stat line that, you know, and Cooper Nord are just a dynamic one-two punch and one of the best one-two punches, if not the best in Illinois from a production standpoint. Uh, I, I did not, you know, pay a ton of attention to wheeling this year. Um, you know, I don't think there was any big surprises either other than a couple of upsets that, uh, that happened early on. Um, you know, a couple of teams that struggled, but just having not paid close enough attention to it. It's hard to know, like, full strength, who's, yeah, just different situations. Notre Dame
0: surprised me. Yeah. They're really struggling and personnel wise, I don't think, I think they lost to Prospect and Deerfield. Prospect was the, it, the, Prospect's a good team, but it wasn't a close game. Um, and Deerfield was the consolation one, but yeah, I'm a little surprised having seen them that they haven't figured it out a little quicker, but keep an eye on them. Um, also I guess I should, I don't know if I should mention this or not. I think I might go to Indiana on Saturday. Um, Glenbrook South is playing in the Hoosiers gym. Really? They're playing Lebanon, Indiana, which is the, home, which is where the gym is. And I guess they hold games there, um, fairly regularly. So I th- they, think you I, you know, know anything,
1: about, anything about the team they're playing?
0: It, it's Lebanon, Indiana. So it's the home school. I don't but know I mean if they're as any far good. as yeah, yeah, okay. It's a small uh. town. So I would doubt it, but. I'm thinking about making the drive. I think it might be neat. I mean, I'm going to miss like four shootouts up here if I do it, but, um. No,
1: that would be cool.
0: It, it seems fun. So I might do that. Um, but no, the last thing I wanted to hit was, I think it's the hottest topic right now in the, uh, on, on Twitter at least. Pekin, Mount Carmel, undefeated. Yeah. Are they for real? Do we believe in the caravan this season? And they're. Slightly, I don't want to call it hollow, but they're 15 and 0 record with a bunch of teams nobody respects. <laughs> what do you yeah. think, Joe?
1: Well, I, and, and I think, um, I mean, I wrote about it in, in uh, again, in this week's, I can't remember where I put it. It was this week's, right? I put it yeah. in the paper. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I like their personnel. I think DeAndre Kerrigs were legit. Uh, I, I think that they're talented. And I think they're a bona fide top twenty five team uh but it is it, it, and I was even looking at the future of the schedule, and it's you know I put it in in there just they have some big tests, but they're they're all i think they're all conference tests yeah I don't think they have a non conference like what you would call a non conference tough game the rest of the way, so there's gonna be a lot of familiarity um you know, the coaching will come into play because they're so familiar with everybody, you know, in their league. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's – it's. In, I don't think Pekin was by any means loaded. Uh, they didn't have to play. The number one seed was beat early. Uh, so with Brock Hardy and the point guard at Moline, so that – I would I would have liked to have seen Brock Hardy and DeAndre Craig matchup uh, materialize. It didn't. But, yeah, I mean, I – caravan are rolling man and they have taken care of business so who's on that schedule who they're playing and they've built up a lot of confidence heading into the new year it'll be interesting i mean do, do they win the catholic league that's the question
0: i i mean i, I like them a lot um and i i understand that the tests aren't there i mean i was there when they barely beat de la Salle. um but I mean, I think Deal of Sales, I've talked about that. Their records, God, they're horrible now. It's like 4 and 13 after going on the road. But, um,
1: but they've got- I, to, I'm gonna go on record as you have talked more about a 4 and 13 team of any podcast, in the podcast era.
0: Yeah, they, I mean, personnel-wise, it's, it's there for them. <laughs> they're just going to these national events and getting their butts kicked. And actually, if you actually, I, I actually dove deep <laughs> into their, um, holidays. You know, they played some really good teams and lost close games to all of them. So I think it's there for a turnaround. I really do. Um You know, they're losing to, like, teams with national recruits by, like, five. Um Then they'll go and blow a consolation. Anyway, yeah, I, I think De La Salle is still interesting. And, and I think, honestly, that's one of the best wins Mount Carmel has. But I, I actually dove in a little bit. I was out at Peakin just for the Mount Carmel game and a little bit of one other one. Um The Pattonville team that they beat was just two and four from Missouri. The limestone team they beat, I saw, I mean, 90% of the ranked teams lose that night, that limestone team, just because of how well they shot. They shot, both teams did. The caravan was able to match them, but that was a tough game. Now, they're just four and five. They've got a stud sophomore guard. Um, that was pretty impressive limestone who plays for the fire, but the way limestone shot for Mount Carmel, I don't have the numbers here, but it was like crazy, like 80% from three and they took like 20 of them, um, to survive that game. was a big win. And then they beat a 10 and three Rockford Boylan team. So that, that's pretty solid. They beat St. Charles North by 10, uh, that Rockford Boylan team. So that's a better win than people are giving them credit for. And the Morton, Illinois team, they beat in the title games, nine and three, Didn't have any um, kind of standout win for me to mention for you guys. But what I'm saying is I think that run at Pekin was a little better. No, actually a lot better than people realize. Especially having been at the Limestone game and seeing how well they shot. Um, I'm all in with Mount Carmel. I get the problems. But, man, there's a lot of teams out there that have that haven't really beaten anyone and have high rankings. I mean, just going to play a good team and losing – I, I get it, but I think we're giving a little too much credit to some teams for playing good teams and losing, while Mount Carmel hasn't really played a lot of good teams and beaten everybody, but enjoyed peaking. Uh They got a lot of season ticket holders. It stuck around till 10pm. Yeah, that's I,
1: I, I haven't been to Pekin in years. Yeah. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it when, you know, they, they had a little run where it was pretty darn good. Um, it's been a while back, but
0: you don't you don't see those neutrals, those season ticket holders, at many tournaments anymore, and they stuck around. I was shocked. I left at like ten thirty. They were still there watching the last game. They uh, <laughs> uh, they were hardcore. Yeah, well done at Pekin. I'm gonna try and stop over there a little bit more um than usual yeah. now that uh, Pontiac's gotten. You know,
1: Evanston made a run at Centralia. Played a very good uh on the championship. Is that
0: dude Vachon. Yes, they did. Vachon is like. Do you know how many local teams they've played? Yes. I mean, and All the th- numbers don't make any sense.
1: I thought they'd make make your rankings.
0: I, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> like, Joliet West almost beat them. <laughs> I yeah. mean, Tinley Park played them pretty well. Uh, they've beaten Rita. They've beaten North Lawndale. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild how many... Uh, I think they got a game coming up with Whitney Young. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Vashon is like a local now, but... Evanson got smashed in the title game by them.
1: Which... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Those troubles. We, we, we briefly talked about, I think I talked about Burlington Central. I, this is a team I like, Mike. Um, I, I know everybody's like, why do you talk- keep talking about Burlington Central? You know, they, had lo- they, they were without their best player, Gavin, Gavin Sars, um, for a good two, three weeks of the season. He, he was back. Uh, they, they beat Yorkville Christian. In the semifinals, they they beat uh, Pure Notre Dame, which is a very good 3A team. In the final, they are just a bunch of veterans, like they've been around forever and played together forever. It's a, a pretty good story, and they've had a you know under the radar a ton of success with a lot of wins uh, over the last five, six, seven years. But this is this is a team that can make a deep deep run uh in the second half of the season.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to get a look at them. Um one of the teams that they beat this year is Huntley, who also had a nice holiday um season and they are on a roll. They've lo- I think they've won 7 or 8 in a row other than a close game to Burlington Central. Um so that's a team I would like to get out and see. And I guess the other one to mention is uh wait, I just Oh, Larkin. We didn't talk about Larkin at all. Oh um, yeah. Who who had a nice Win against Barrington in the title game. You know they're in Mount Carmel's boat with they've only lost to Rockford East, which is not local, but it's not a Murderers Row that they've faced. But like Mount, I wrote about this. You know, yesterday, like Mount Carmel, they've got a lead guard. You know, who, who's okay. really really good and experienced. So
1: no, they, they, they they've got weapons. I mean, they're they're talented. Damari Wheeler Thomas, you know, head of the North Dakota State. Um, you know, Fernando Perez is a is a Another guard in the backcourt, and I love, uh, Jacob Blakely. He's a sophomore. Basically, he's a point guard who plays off, the, you know, he'll play off the ball as well, but he is a smooth scorer, a division one prospect as a sophomore. So, uh, I'm going to get my f- yeah. first look at them tomorrow <laughs> night, actually.
0: Oh yeah. I'm uh, going to go into Easter Aurora.
1: Yeah. Um, so East Aurora really struggled over the holidays, but, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, they're, they, they are a team that's, you know, has not been talked about and they are, they've got talent and they, and they play pretty hard. So, uh, it's going to be interesting just to see, I guess I have not looked at their schedule over the second half of the season. I mean, is this a team that puts together a 28 and two or, you know what I mean? Um, I haven't looked at it close enough because that the, the league is obviously not very strong.
0: Yeah. The upstate eight is rough. I looked at it. Um, I, I, I think there's a Glenbard West game.
1: Oh yeah. They do play in a couple weeks. I think that
0: was about it. Um, yep. Uh, on the, maybe, you know, that, that was it. Um, that's why I needed to get out and see them. I, I think for sure. It sounds like they're very similar to Mount Carmel too. You know, Mount Carmel's got the bit, the rebounding big and Elijah Jointer and then a great sophomore, Angelo Cirovino. For those yep. who haven't seen him, I mean, forget, I think he's gonna, he'll be a college player, but in a high school court, he's already a force.
1: Yeah, um, I like him
0: a lot. He does everything for you. So maybe we should, they should schedule a Mount Carmel Larkin game. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> wrap things up for everybody. All right. Uh, thanks for listening everybody. Uh, one of the longer runs of the year, but we had an awful lot to cover with all of the holiday tournaments out there. And it should be a fun week. There's a ton of shootouts on Saturday. I won't go through them all, but there's probably one near where you live. Um, for certain, I don't know about the Curie Simeon game on Thursday. I was, I'm supposed to hear today. Last I heard, they were thinking of trying to move it. Um, and we also have a possible Chicago teachers union issue, creeping up on wednesday where they might go remote and get locked out and let's not think about that um until it maybe happens (laughs) uh, which could be an issue with that game as well but uh enjoy the week and we'll be back next tuesday thanks